Glory be to God. What a joy. What a delight. Friend, I want to encourage you this morning. Amen. Don't balk at the opportunities that are before you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Don't take a pass on what it is God has for you today. Who am I? You're His. You're His. That's who you are. Glory be to God. Amen. Say, Lord, I want all that you have. And I'm going to give you all that I am. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. You love the Lord? You know He loves you, right? Amen. He does. Loved you so much, He was willing to die for you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, worship team, this morning. Amen. Again, we just want to say thank you for being here in the house of the Lord on this Sunday morning. Amen. No better, no better time to be in the house of the Lord, no better place to be than in God's house. Hallelujah. David said it like this. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I can tell you this. We're going to need each other more and more as the days progress. I said, we're going to need each other more and more as the days progress. Amen. No wonder why the apostle wrote in the book of Hebrews, he said, to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Amen. But exhorting one another, encouraging one another. Hallelujah. I know that I don't have, I, I know that coming to church doesn't give me everything that I need from God, but it sure does give me so much that I do need. And if I'm just depending on church for giving, giving me what I need from the Lord, I really haven't got it figured out like he wants me to have it. Because there's six other days, amen, that he wants to have fellowship with you and I. How about that? Praise the Lord. I'm going to give him everything I've got. Amen. I trust you're going to do the same this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, pastor called me, I guess, midnight, close to it. He said, have you ever heard that scripture be instant in season and out of season? I said, yes, sir. He said, put it to work. <laughs> well, maybe the Lord knew something I didn't know and he didn't know, but I had already been praying and already been reading some things and I just want to share with you some, some thoughts, some inspiration the Lord placed on my heart that I can share with you this morning. How many of you know God wants to speak to his people? He wants to speak to his people. Amen. Every time that we have in our lives a need that is so urgent that we don't know where to turn to, God says, I'm here. I stand ready and available. Amen. To minister to you. Why don't you grab your Bibles if you have them. This morning, 2 Kings, I didn't share with them uh, earlier, but I, I apologize. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 is where I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to bring the word that, I, that the Lord placed on my heart. And I want to I share something with you. I hope to encourage you. I hope to uh, uh, inspire you to trust in the living God. Amen. I hope that what God's got for us this morning is going to cause you to, just as the song says, to stir yourselves. Amen. Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, stir up the gift of God that is within you. Amen. Stir it up. Praise the Lord. And sometimes we just got to shake ourselves. How many of you understand that? Amen. Nobody can shake us like we can shake ourselves. And sometimes we just got to do that. Praise the Lord. Second Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. I want to share this 
scripture with you this morning. Maybe it's a maybe it's a portion that you're well aware of. Amen. Maybe you haven't seen it before, but here we go. Let's see what God has for us. Verse number one says this. <clears throat> now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen or to be slaves, to be his slaves. Elisha said unto her, what do you want me to do about it? That's not really what he said, but that's indeed what he said. What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? She said, Thy handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. And he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. Praise the Lord. When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, shut the door upon her and upon her sons, and brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. It came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. He said unto her, There is not a vessel more in the oil, Stayed. Praise the Lord. How many of you have never read that story in the Bible before? No, 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 no uh, stones being cast. Just never have read it. Never. How many of you have read that story before? You know all about it. Amen. You've seen it before. You've, pre you've heard it being preached on before. Well, you're going to hear it again this morning. Amen. I want to share with you what God, amen, dropped into my spirit for this church this morning. Amen. For such a time as this. I want to just entitle these, my thoughts, if I can, just for a few moments, and that is this. Do you need a miracle? That was a good place right there to say yes. In fact, it's not really hermeneutically correct to actually pose a sermon as a question, so let me rephrase it so I can be right and correct in what I'm saying. You do need a miracle. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You do need a miracle. Praise the Lord. Let me give you just a little bit of background here if I can. In four chapters beginning in the chapter that I just read to you, in first, or Second Kings rather, chapter 4, 5, 6, and 7, we have a record of a number of miracles that took place. If you have time this afternoon, maybe this week, I've spent some time reading through those four chapters. You'll be amazed at what God does to those that simply will obey Him. Praise the Lord. What a record of miracles, amen, that we have before us. And I know that you've probably read them before, but I want you to consider something today that you may have lost sight of, or maybe if, you've, if you haven't lost sight of it, maybe you've bought into the lie 
lie uh, that the enemy is trying to sell to you, uh, and that is simply this, uh, amen, whether or not miracles still exist uh, for the child of God today, I'm here to tell you, they do. Can you say amen? They do. The miracle that God has still exists for the child of God today. In the background of these stories, um, it's very apparent um, that there was some kind of a breakdown um, in societal progression. Some sort of disconnect between what God had ordained uh, and what was actually being laid out and played out uh, at street level. What do you mean? Uh, well, uh, I mean, just think about it with me for a moment. Uh, at what point in history can we ever conceive of a time uh, that God would say, it's okay uh, if you have a debt you can't pay it, uh, that we want to just sell your kids off and pay that debt? How many of you parents would say, well, I'd consider that. Think about the breakdown in society. Think about where uh, that societal uh, progression had fallen apart to the point to where this woman was so concerned about the need that she has that it was troubling her for her son's sake. They're going to come. She even told the man of God. She said, the creditor is come to take my sons. My husband, your servant, he died. And there was a bill left owing. I don't have the money to pay it. So they're coming to take my boys. Amen. To settle that debt. I have to tell you this morning, uh, that to me seems to be a total collapse uh, of moral consciousness. Amen. Uh, that has to be a collapse of the system uh, that we can maybe take notice of even today. Maybe there's, some th maybe there's some truth being played out in our culture today that stems from that scripture right there. And so here we have this woman she suddenly becomes a widow. The bill collector comes to her house with court papers in hand, ready to confiscate the two boys. Now, according to the Bible, we're reminded in the book of James uh, that the Bible says that pure religion and undefiled before God and man is this, to take care of the widows. How many of you are with me? To take care of the fatherless and the orphans and those that are without. How many of you understand God still has uh, access for you and I to pure religion? He still has, uh, amen, an appointment for you and I to practice pure religion. I, I know it gets bad. Um, amen. I know that the culture that we're in uh, is a corrupt culture. Uh, but can I encourage you with something this morning? Uh, it does you and I no good to curse the darkness uh, if we're not going to bring the light uh, of the truth of Jesus Christ to this world. Uh, amen. I can curse the darkness all day long, uh, but that doesn't change the darkness. Uh, what changes the darkness? Uh, it's the light of the love of God. It's the truth that sets men free. Amen. It's the truth that sets men free. And so, so listen to what uh, the scripture, amen, listen to what the scripture is encouraging us uh, in. And as we, as we take a, a look at these verses and as we consider them, amen, for just a few moments, I want you to hear me well when I say this. Anytime and every time you and I as a people depart, amen, from the Lord, whether it's an individual or whether a, a people group or a nation as a whole, anytime that we depart from the Lord and we grab a hold, amen, of things other than God, corruption and destruction are guaranteed to happen.
Amen. We see the unfolding of it right here. So I ask you the question again. Who needs a miracle? Who needs a miracle? Let me take a few moments to remind you and I today that miracles still happen. Miracles still happen. And can I tell you this? I want to let you in on a little secret. It's not going to cost you anything. Amen. I just want to give you some, I just want you to give some thought to it. This little secret is this. Not only do miracles still happen, but they're easier than sometimes we think. That's fine. You can be quiet. I'm going to challenge you today. I'm here to challenge you. You know why? Because God challenged me. God challenged me. I'm going to set forth a challenge to you. Miracles still happen, and they're a lot easier to receive than what we've been led to believe. Oh, I understand that there are those that are out there peddling the miracle waters from the Lord, and they're peddling the miracle this and the miracle that, and if you'll send this money or that money, you'll get this, and I'll pray for it. I understand all that nonsense and garbage and, uh, you know, just, just the, uh, uh, what, the parade fanaticism. I understand that that's out there, but that's not the stuff I'm talking about. How many of you burned out on that stuff? I hope you are. I hope you don't throw your money away by sending it to them numbskulls. I hope you don't throw money away because that's what you're doing. You're throwing your money away. Amen. Before I, sit, before I spent my money, now listen to what I'm saying. Before I spent my money on snake oil like that, I'd go buy me a pack of cigarettes first. At least I'd get something I could blow smoke out of. Well, that's a good one. That's a good point, ain't it? Now, I'm not going to go buy a pack of cigarettes, nor am I going to give the money to the snake handler. I'm just saying it's about the same thing. It's all up in smoke. It makes no sense. And so we've got, to, we've got to come to understand from the Scripture. Amen. God delights to do the miraculous for each and every one of us. And, 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 and the miracle that I read in this fourth chapter of the book of 2 Kings, uh, the miracle uh, is contingent upon one thing. Amen. Just one thing. That's all. It wasn't a whole host of things. It wasn't something that this widow uh, didn't have. Praise the Lord. It wasn't something she couldn't come up with. Glory be to I, 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 I want to help you this morning. The miracle that she needed which is same, the same miracle that you're going to need. Uh, and I'm going to assure you today, you can leave here uh, full of the miracle of God. Uh, that miracle, uh, amen, was not, uh, amen, something super religious or super, super fancy or anything of that nature. Uh, it just simply hinged to uh, and broke down to this simple uh, idea right here. Uh, was she going to present uh, unto the Lord uh, an available vessel? That's where the rubber meets the road. That's why I say miracles still happen and they're easier than what we think. Because God doesn't need you to have a 10-year degree on Bible theology to receive from Him. I mean, He's glad about that. 
God doesn't have to have you living in the upper economic echelon of life in order for him to pour out his blessing and favor upon your life. Glory to God. How many of you are glad about that? But you know what God does do? Amen. He does in the dispense of his powers of miracle working ability. Amen. In a vessel that stands today before him and says, Lord, I know it's not much. I don't have nothing to bring, but I'll just lift up hands and say hallelujah to the king. Glory to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I know it's not much, Lord, but I give you this vessel, amen, as, an, as, a, as a vessel of sanctification for your use. That song we sing sometimes simply says this, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. We know that God has power to be able to do that. But does God have access? See, there's something that God will not do. He will not force you, amen, to give him access. How many of you glad about that? You ought to be glad about that because that takes, amen, the priority of your success and your relationship with him. That puts it strictly, uh, amen, at your disposal. Uh, if you want to be successful in living for God, uh, I promise you, uh, all you have to do uh, is say, Lord, here am I. Amen. Use me. Praise the Lord. Uh, here am I, Lord. Uh, whatever you see in this heart, uh, you can have it uh, because I hold nothing from you. Uh, I give you all of me. Do you need a miracle? We've all acted a lot of times like Elisha did. As I was reading through this story, my mind went back. My mind went back to the time when Elisha had, uh, had come across Elijah. He began to pray, or follow rather, the man of God. As he began to follow the man of God, the scripture says... That Elijah asked him, said, look, you know the Lord's going to take me away. Three different times he said that, you know the Lord's going to take me away from you. Yeah, I understand. I, I know all that's going to happen. He said, but, but what would you have me to do for you? He said, I, I would love to have a double portion of your spirit. How many of you, how many of you know? I'd love to have a double portion of your spirit. He said, you've asked a hard thing. Is he saying that's hard for God to do? Is it hard for God to dish out a double portion? No. <laughs> You're asking for a hard thing to carry. You're asking for something that's, that's, that, that, that's going to come with some, some, uh, uh, some, some demands on your life. I'm asking you, do you need a miracle? Well... So we know the story. We know the progression of how that, that event happened. When, when Elijah, when Elisha said, I want a double portion, he said, well, look, here it is. If you see me taken away, when God takes me from here, if you, if you witness that event, then God will give you the double portion. Am I right? Follow in your Bible. Look at it. Go home and read it this afternoon. God made it virtually impossible for him to miss it. You know who else wants you to have a miracle? God does. Why? Because he made it virtually impossible for Elisha to miss that engagement. What do you mean? I mean, they're walking side by side. You know how friends do. They're walking side by side, and all of a sudden, <laughs> here comes a chariot of fire between the two of them, sweeps Elijah up and takes him off, and he says, my Lord. He couldn't miss it. What's he expecting next? 
the double portion. And we could understand some of the things that played out in Elisha's ministry that doubled in effect that that Elijah experienced. But watch this. Watch this. When the Lord began, when, when Elisha was caught up in that moment and he began to uh, he began to consider all that he had been asking about and all that God was promising to have uh, to, to unfold in his life. He went back over to the rivers. He grabbed that mantle uh, that fell from Elijah. He went back over to Jordan. Uh, amen. He threw that mantle uh, over, his, uh, over his shoulders and he slapped the waters. Uh, what did he say? Where is the Lord God uh, of Elijah? And those waters parted. How many of you understand that? And so we get, to, we get to that point. Here's what I want you to understand. Do you need a miracle or you do need a miracle. So when you come to those waters, when that point uh, comes into your life, uh, amen, I would encourage you uh, not to grab the mantle uh, and say, uh, where is uh, the Lord God of Elijah? But I would encourage you this morning uh, to say, uh, Lord, is Elijah, is the Elijahs of the Lord God uh, still here, uh, ready to ask of you uh, great and mighty things? Uh, are you willing to be an Elijah of the Lord God? That's a challenge. That's a challenge. Where are the Elijahs of the Lord God? Better put, where are the Elijahs of today? Hallelujah. First thing, I want to go through these real quickly. I promise I won't take too long. First thing in receiving your miracle is identifying what you have in your house that God can use. Let me say it a different way. It might very well be that we need to identify the things in our house that are preventing us from receiving a miracle. It was a good place to say, yes, Lord. Identify in your house what you have that can be used to provide a miracle. What is it that identifies you? What do you have? Amen. What do you have? Many of our homes, amen, many, not, not, not just speaking here, but I'm just speaking in general. Many homes in this world today are a battle zone. They're a battle zone. I appreciate the fact that for the most part, we don't understand what that statement means. But that doesn't mean that's a false statement. Amen. I don't know. It used to be that you could read about the terror that happened in homes. You had to read it in the newspaper about someplace somewhere else. But it's even in small town USA today. Amen. It's in small town America where homes are being wreaked with trouble, hell, havoc, coming in the front door, bursting its way through the house and exiting the back door, leaving a disaster in its wake. Are you with me this morning? That's happening everywhere in America. It is. But do you know God has intended, amen, that our homes would be a place of divine refuge? Do you know God has, has equipped you to allow your home to be a place of divine refuge? 
Do you know that it's a sanctuary for the Spirit to dwell? Amen. All it takes is a willing vessel. Praise the Lord. All that it takes is a willing vessel. Listen, moms and dads, let me talk to you for just a minute. Amen. You're raising kids. Some of you may be raising grandkids, and you're raising them in an X-rated world. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You're raising them in an X-rated world. How are you going to raise them right? How are you going to make an influence on their life? How are you going to dominate, amen, in the realm of the Spirit in their life? When everything that as a youth you used to, you used to uh, uh, just, just have thoughts about in your mind, they are presenting themselves to your children, amen, without measure, day in and day out, hour after hour after hour. We're raising young people in an X-rated world. Every voice out there other than yours is telling them that this, this, and this is okay. I don't care what your old people in the Bible say. This is for now. You're fighting everything against you. And I'll be frank with you. I'll be honest with you. I pray for parents every day, and I think you should too. I pray that God would help me to be the best parent I can be, that I would be, that I would be engaged in the lives of my children, that I would be an influence to somebody else's children in a way that shows them the light and the love of Jesus Christ. But parents, now's not the time to give up. It's a dark world, but imagine how dark it would be if you gave up. It's an X-rated world. Remember, uh, consider how many other X's would be added to that statement if you quit putting into them the things that make for godliness and righteousness. Amen. I'm talking to you parents this morning, and I'm encouraging you, amen, that are here today, have a house that honors God, amen, have a, have a heart that honors God, amen, have a place, amen, in your house. What, what is it? The first step in receiving your miracle is identifying what you have in your house that God can use. What can you use, God? Use me. Mom, Dad. Let those young people see God using your life for his glory. Amen. Well, you may be sitting here today saying, well, I got that thing figured out. I ain't got no kids and I'm not having any. Smart guy. No, just, just kidding. But you have influence. You have influence. Kids, young people, young adults, let me introduce you to a wonderful Truth. I want you to listen to me good. I want you to look at me. We are 100% behind your spiritual success. Let me say it a different way. We don't want you to go to hell. Sometimes dad will say no. Sometimes mom will say no. Sometimes they'll say, this is important, that's not. Understand, we're looking at it from a place, amen, of protection. We're looking at it from a place of protection, 
Amen. And the only success, listen, young people, the only success that you can say you have gained and you have garnered in this life is the success of walking in the steps of Jesus. I don't care if you have the smartest boyfriend, amen, the prettiest girlfriend, the richest this, or the nicest that. That doesn't give you the reason to applaud and say, I've attained what it is that I'm looking for. No, amen, when you can walk out of this life into the life of the glory of God and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I can tell you it's at that point there where you can say it's been successful. Hallelujah. Kids, let me remind you that if you're going to see that kind of a success, if you're going to be that kind of a successful believer, you've got to put some skin in the game. You've got to put some skin in the game. What do you mean? I mean, you can't ride on mom and dad's coattails. You're going to have to learn to pray for yourself. Amen. Mom and dad, don't let them learn how to do it without your, without your uh, influence. Help them to understand what it is and how it is. Amen. To pray. Praise the Lord. Let me, let me throw this out there to you, young people. Amen. If you'll go back and read the book of Genesis about the, the account of Noah. Amen. Do you know that uh, Noah, he built an ark. Amen. An altar. He built an altar, rather, well before he ever established his home. Amen. That speaks to me today of the fact that if you'll spend time building an altar, when it comes time for you to build a home, amen, the foundations will already be laid. Praise the Lord. God will already have that foundation laid for you, and you can just begin to build as the Lord encourages you to. I encourage you, young people. Amen. Get on fire for God. Amen. Get a heart after God. Well, I don't know how to do it. All you've got to do is say, Lord, I surrender. I give you all of me. Consider this with me. I was born again in 1988. June the 23rd, 1988. I surrendered my life to the Lord. The Lord had been dealing with me. I surrendered my life to the Lord. I've been saved since 1988. I'm no more saved today than I was then. You with me? I'm just as saved today as I was then. I was just as saved then as I am today. But I've learned a whole lot more about the Lord from 1988 till now. But I've also learned a whole lot more about me since then. And I promise you, he hasn't changed. But there's been faults. There's been failures. There's been, there's been places in my life that I want to go do a redo. So I'm just sitting here encouraging you young people tonight to understand this truth and this truth alone. And that is this, as you develop in your walk with God, you are growing and maturing and developing. God wants to show you things that you've never seen before, but all that he needs. If you need the miracle or you do need the miracle, what he needs out of your life is a willing and available vessel. Amen. I'm not going to beat the point to death. In verse number two, Elisha asked the lady, he asked her this question. Look at it. Verse number two, Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? What, what can I do for you? What can I do 
for you. She went to the man of God and said, what can I do? Uh, uh, told him the story, and he said, what can I do for you? I don't think this was one of those places where Elisha, you know, was like, man, why is she bugging me? Why is she bugging me? Not that, not that unjust judge in the New Testament that we read about that, you know, the, imp, the, uh, the, uh, the widow came to him and kept coming and coming and coming. And he said, man, if I don't, if I don't do something, this woman's going to wear me out. That ain't this. All right. This is, a, this is a righteous, godly man of God extending himself to a need in another individual's life. She come to him. She said, this is about to fall apart. He said, what can I do for Think about this with me. And this is something that you need to be praying about and you need to, you need to allow God to, 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 to use this to develop your life and that is this. Thank God that you have in your life a man of God. Let me say it in English. That, that came across, that came out of a different language. Somebody didn't understand what I said. Thank God in our lives there's a man of God. Am I speaking about this pastor at this church? Yes. I'm speaking about the economy of God as a whole. As God desires to develop you, he places instruments in your life to equip you, to encourage you, to challenge you, to at times strike you with the word so that it heals your wound. Thank God that God has given into your life and my life, he has given to you a man of God. Why did God do that? Well, I don't understand all of the economy of God, and I don't, I don't fully comprehend how all of it does work together, but I can tell you this. The Scripture says that God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that would believe. Praise the Lord. You know what God did in his economy? When he began to deal with your heart about being born again, he put a preacher in your path. Amen. He put a man of God in your path. He put somebody, it might have been a dear saint, amen, that was uh, uh, that, that, that nobody ever took notice of, but she was a prayer warrior and she might have whispered something in your ear uh, to the effect of uh, God's going to use you one day. Uh, God's going to do something with you. And you grabbed a hold of, thank God, uh, he puts people in our lives uh, to direct our steps. Amen. And you in here today may be that preacher, that voice, that instrument that God uses in somebody's lives that will never even grace this building but will give an account of themselves unto the Lord. When you know that you've got a preacher that's working to see things happen in your life for good, I'd give 100% to get behind him. I would. I would. I'd give 100%. I think it's, in, I think it's indicative of the growth of this local assembly that folks pray for their pastor because we see that growth happening. It's indicative. The growth is indicative of the fact that people are praying, people are supporting, people are giving. That's a great thing, but, but continue to do so. Continue to do so. Why? Because you need a miracle. You need a miracle. What can I do for you? Then he asked the question, what do you have? The only thing I've got is a pot of oil. It's the only thing I've got. All that you have is all that God needs. 
All that you have is all that he needs. I don't have what sister so-and-so has. I don't have what brother so-and-so has. I'm not talking to sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. I'm talking to you. What do you have? I mean, would we consider in the moment knowing the stresses that she's under, knowing the, uh, knowing the dilemma that life has already dealt to her, and the preacher asked her, what do you have? Would we even have thought to consider a little pot of oil? got some shoes I can put on eBay and sell them. I can, I can, sell, I can sell this. Uh, I, I, I got some suit jackets my husband left me. I can put them on Facebook Marketplace and I can get some money. A pot of oil? Would we consider that? It may seem insignificant to us, but in actuality, it's a value to her that she was willing to surrender and yield to the obedience of the Lord. What do you have? That's all I've got. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. Let me say that again. Let's, let's quit making it harder than it needs to be. You need a miracle? Here I am, Lord. Somebody said, well, what if you pray about it more than once? I'm going to keep praying about it until it happens. Is praying about it more than once a lack of faith? No. Praying about it multiple times means I'm dug in. I'm here for the fight. I'm here for the long haul. If it takes a week, a month, a year, if it takes a lifetime. I was talking to a fella here. A fella called me not too long. It's, it's been several years back now. But he called me. He said, hey, and it was late at night. And I don't like to be disturbed late at night. Pastor, are you watching? No, I'm just picking. <laughs> that was a good one right there. But he called me late at night. 82 years old. He said, Matt. I said, yes, sir. This is so-and-so. I said, yes, sir. Everything okay? I mean, when you get late-night calls like that, you, you automatically think, oh, something bad's happened. Is everything okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything, nothing's been better. It hadn't been better. I said, well, you, you sound good. What, what you calling for? I just wanted to call and tell you that I love you. I had hatred in my heart for you. Okay. Why? What I ever do you? Oh, nothing. Never, never really been around you. But you influenced my son to get in church, and I couldn't stand it. I said, okay. Where are you going from here? <laughs> you want to meet behind the flagpole and let's duke it out? What do you want? What are you getting at here? He said, I want you to understand. I had, a, I had malice in my heart against you. Because I didn't want my son involved in church. I wanted him to do something professional and special. And I've seen what God did in his life. And I began to watch how God changed his life. And I want you to know, the other day, I gave my heart to the Lord. I said, fantastic, praise the Lord. He said, I can't wait to be able to meet you in heaven when that time comes. I said, absolutely. Just keep on walking the walk. Amen. 82 years old. He told me that. He was excited. No two ways about it. He was excited. But, but he said, the hang-up I had was I felt like I had to get rid of this, that, that, all of these things in order for God to accept me. And it just, God working through my son actually showed me that I don't have to make it any harder than what it is. You know the hardest step you'll ever take is that first one. You take that step and he'll meet you right there.
right there. Salvation, he'll step with you right there. Victory, he'll step with you right there. A miracle, one step. We don't have to make it any harder than what it is. It's one step. Brother Brandon, if you'll come. One step, that's all it is. What do you have? She answered, a pot of oil. I've got an available vessel. What do you want me to do? Go borrow some vessels. This is getting crazy. If you're going to get what you need, you might have to do something you've never done. One of the things that she had to do, she had to get up off of her rear end. I'm not supposed to preach like that. I'm just, I'm just me. I'm from Viator, so I can get away with it, okay? And all the Vidorians said, oh, there's more of us here than beat y'all, all right? <laughs> you might have to get up off your rear end and do something. I told the young people, young people, look at me. I told y'all earlier, I said, y'all put some skin in the game. Mom and dad, put some skin in the game. Get up and do something. You got just a pot of oil? Go borrow some vessels. Right. The moment you began to contend with God in disagreement, that's when the miracle walks out the door. You're controlling that. That's something you're controlling. But when you say, I'll be right back, she sent her sons. They went and borrowed vessels from everybody. I, I would imagine if there was a vessel, if there was an Acme Vessel Company in town, they would have went and got every vessel that Acme Vessel Company had. But they got everything that they could find. Every vessel they could find, they went and they got it. Praise the Lord. Not a hard thing to do. You don't have to be super spiritual. You don't have to fast until your belly button falls off. You don't have to pray until your tongue is so dry. Amen. You can't, you can, dust seems to satisfy. You don't have to, it doesn't have to go all there. Be available. Be available. Go get it. They brought it back. Check it out. Check it out. They go and they borrow the vessel and then real quickly, real quickly, verse number four, he said, shut the door, go in, you and your sons, and shut the door behind you and pour it out. Why shut the door? Let me tell you why. Because there's some people sometimes that's not going to understand what you're going through. There's some people in life that mean good for you. There's even some people in church that mean for good things to happen to you, but they're going to question every move that you make when God begins to speak to you. <laughs> Sally, borrow a vessel. Hey, put your house up for collateral. Come on, let's make this sense of That ain't what he said. He said, get some vessels. Shut the door. Sometimes you've got to get along with God and let God begin to work in you because it's what he's spoken to you. Praise the Lord. Listen to me, I'm going to share this story with you. A friend of mine was preaching two weeks ago. He was preaching two weeks ago in Louisiana. He was telling the story at his church. He pastors a church. At his church, he's got some deacons. 
one of his deacons come back to him. He said, Pastor, he said, I just want to tell you. He said, man, if, 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 if the service is going on and somebody comes through, the, comes through the back door, it's a colored family. They didn't have any colored folks in the, had them in the town, but they didn't have any colored folks in their church. And they've been trying to, to just get whosoever will to come. He said, it's a colored family. I invited them to come to church. I want you to, I want you to know they're, they're struggling in their health. I went and talked to them. When he talked to the lady, when the, when, when, the, when the deacon talked to the lady, he told her, invited her to church. We don't believe in that stuff. But my husband's dying of cancer, right? He's going to show you how God works. Whatever vessel he's choosing to use, let him use it. He's dying of cancer. He ain't got long to live. We don't believe in all this stuff. But if you see us, all right, well, just know that we need prayer. He's telling the pastor. They show up, they're going to need prayer because, man, there's need some healing. I said, okay, that's fine. That's what we exist for. We're here to help folks. Service goes on. A pastor friend of mine is on stage. He's not even paying attention, really, to who's in the congregation. The Lord's just moving in a sovereign way, and a message in tongues goes forth. And so as, it, as, as they... As we do, you know, we, we bow our heads in silence and we're waiting for God to give the interpretation. There's a 70-plus-year-old Down syndrome man in his church. And he stands up and he starts reciting Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. His caretaker's going, He recited the entire Psalms 23 without making a mistake. Pastor opened his eyes. Right there in the front is that colored individual, that colored man and his wife kneeling at the altars of boo-hooing. He goes down there and prays with him, anoints him with oil. That man says, I believe God's touched me. I believe God's healed me. Okay, why do you believe that? He said, because I didn't believe in this stuff, okay? I don't believe in all of this stuff. But I told my wife, if we go to church today, I know God's in it. If somebody will recite Psalms 23. Because that's the only scripture I've ever known. And I've only heard it at funerals. And here, in a house where God's moving... He's moving on an unbeliever saying, if you'll just give me a vessel, I'll come do with for you what you need done. Forget about who's around you. Don't worry about who it is that's, that's, that, 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 that's talking. Sometimes you just got to shut the door and say, here am I, Lord. Here am I. But I promise you, when they opened the door and they brought out the pots and they were selling, amen, the oil on the market and paying the bills, I guarantee you it didn't have any problem. God never had another problem trying to get that woman to believe him when he told her to do something else the next time. Are you with me this evening? Are you with me this morning? I said, do you need a miracle? Do you need a miracle? Yes, you do need a miracle today, and the availability is right there in your pew. Right there where you're sitting. Would you stand with me real quickly in this house this morning? 
when the vessel was no longer available, the miracle stopped flowing. When the vessel was no longer available, the miracle stopped. I wish you would join with me this morning and say, I'm not going to be responsible for the oil to stop. I'm not going to be responsible. Young people, I'm not going to be responsible for the oil stopping. But I'm going to be a vessel that he could use. Can you lift your hands to the Lord this morning? Can you just simply say to, say to him today in the way that you know how to, Lord, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. Lord, in the hour that we're in, the miracle, uh, amen, is still happening. Praise the Lord. The miracles uh, are still happening. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to come to some rational conclusion. All I've got to do, Lord, is take you at your word and believe that you are who you say you are. Faith, amen, is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. But God, I present myself unto you. I present this body a living sacrifice, a living vessel holy and acceptable completely unto you. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. While we're in this attitude of worship and praise this morning, would there be one here today? Maybe you would say with a hand raised, I need to know the Lord. I don't know Jesus as my Savior. I need to know. I need to come to a place where I recognize his lordship and I surrender my life to his lordship. I want to give my life to the Lord this morning. If that's you, we want to pray for you. There ain't no greater miracle than that miracle right there. No greater miracle than that miracle right there. I need the Lord. I need to have a relationship with him uh, that I hear y'all singing about, uh, that I hear you preaching about. I want to know Jesus. Or maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know, I know him. But I've, I've shut him out of some things. I've left some doors open. I've left some things open in my life that are clogging uh, my availability to the Lord. And I want to correct all of that this morning. I want to do a course correction this morning. Is that you? Is that you this morning? No shame in it. Amen. I've had to put my life in reverse many times and back out of some corners. I've had to put myself up in a place to where I've come back and said, Lord, that was the wrong move. I did. I messed up. God, forgive me. I can tell you, if you're willing to do that, he's willing to make of you something, use you in ways you never have ever imagined in all of your life. Hallelujah. Please, please, Lord, use my life. Use my life. One more time, will you just give the Lord glory? Will you give him praise? Will you give him honor? Will you thank him and say, Lord, I'm available I'm available. I'm available to you, Lord. I'm available to you, Jesus. Father, let every heart in life, as we leave this place today, let every heart in life, Lord, be encouraged and be surrendered unto you. Who knows what you'll do in and through the lives of those who simply say, yes, I'm going to yield myself to you, Lord. I give you the praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want to leave you one thought. 
just to kind of help put it into perspective. Obedience is where it's at. Peter, what you been doing? I've been fishing all night long. You caught anything? You know. Have you caught anything? No, not yet. Hadn't caught anything just yet. Exactly what I'm saying. Peter, what have you been doing? Fishing all that way. Nothing. Throw your net on the other side of the boat. How many of you guys have ever been fishing? Starting to click with you, ain't it? This net on this side all night long and ain't caught nothing. You just throw it on the other side. Nevertheless, at thy word, Lord. What was it? Obedience. It was obedience. Same water, same boat, same net, same everything. You know what the scripture says? They had to bring the other boats to help carry in the, the, the haul. God even allowed the game wardens not to even show up. They caught so much. He kept the game wardens away. <laughs> Obedience. Sister was sharing with me. There's somebody here in this building this morning. I agree. You need a fresh baptism of fire, a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit working in your life. You know how that happens? You got to go home and pray for 72 weeks. Obey. Obey. If you're willing and obedient, Jeremiah, Isaiah rather, chapter 1 says, you'll eat the good of the land. Is that you this morning? I need a fresh baptism before we dismiss. I want to I wanna, I wanna engage the Lord in that prayer and ask God to help us desire a fresh a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost in this service this morning Father give us a fresh wave a fresh move of your spirit Lord there's nothing more dynamic that we need in the hour that we're in than a vessel that is full of the presence and the spirit of God Lord you said that out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water Lord why do we need this great gift of the Holy Spirit because you've promised that you would send us forth into this world, that we would be witnesses unto you and to all the ends of the earth, and that, Lord, your spirit of truth would go with us and guide us and direct us and lead us. And it all hinges on us being an available, willing vessel. Use us, Jesus. Use us, Jesus. Moms and dads, husbands, wives, sons and daughters. Oh, Spirit of God, use us. 
in a way that only you can. We'll give you glory. We'll give you praise. We'll give you honor. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Remember tonight, 5 o'clock, prayer meeting, 6 o'clock evening service. Be here. Be available. Be willing. Watch what God's going to do. Amen. Hug somebody's neck. Shake their hand. Love them and let them know God's got a great plan for their life.